Will you stand with me, please? I do not think I'm going to get through with this message here today. I think there, in the verses that we have, I think that we're going to possibly, even though it's only five verses primarily that I'm going to read, have other background, but I'm not sure I'll get done today. Would you bow your head with me? Today we are thankful again for those that are here, for those that are going into surgery, and we continue to lift up Omega as she goes through various treatments, and just we are praying that whenever she goes under the knife that you will keep her safe. Steady the doctor's hands. Pray that you will bless them and her. and Those that right now have various medical procedures, we are praying that you will bless. And as Brother Larry says, find out something's wrong, go to the doctor, get it checked out. We're praying today, and we thank you for doctors and those that you have given, given gifts to. And we honor your name that they have put these gifts and their talents to work. We pray for the body of Christ. We pray for the church. Thank you for Savella being here today. We thank you for just the years of knowing the family. and pray that you will bless her in her work, children, and pray that you will be a comfort to her. Everyone that's here, we pray for bringing Sister Florence back safely. Pray for her as Tanika will be traveling soon. Keep her safe. And so many different things that are going on with the members. We just pray that as they go, they will continue to honor the Lord and allow the light of Christ to shine brightly through them. Keep Sister Renee safe as she travels back to Seattle. Thank you for her ministry of encouragement and being here for Mother Boudreaux. We thank you right now and give you the glory for Mr. Willis is feeling better in his body. We thank you for him being here. Nelson having Lord again going to the doctors. Bless him. Sister Barbara having to deal with the neighbor. She came from Nevada dealing with the neighbor. Now and again, so we know there's something in this that you're doing. And we're praying right now that God, you will strengthen her. We lift up, Lord, all the unspoken requests. Every request that was raised here, from here, Petaluma, those that have experienced death in the family, and those going through struggles in life. We pray that our faith May it, it may be shaken, but may it never be shaken to the point of leaving Christ and turning our backs. Those that have not yet come to you, may they hear the word of God and draw nigh unto you. We love you today. Give us ears to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Amen. In your Bibles, we'd like for you to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. Matthew 18, 15 through 20. If I hear bags dropping out there, I know that Bridget ain't shouting. <laughs> no, please don't fall down the stairs, y'all. <laughs> Rondell, we didn't know you were going to be here today. We knew that you are down in L.A. for a wedding. So, God, that's, that's twice you had to go in a short time, and you're back. Thank you for that, brother. We, we're grateful to have you here today. The title of this message... When I'm sinned against by another believer. When I'm sinned against by another believer. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. And then I'm going to read Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 15. Be reading from the ESV. 
If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. Between you and him alone, if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. That can be brother or sister. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth, She'll be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 19. Deuteronomy, chapter 19. Verse 15, and this is what it says. You can look on the board if you don't, if you haven't found it yet. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the fifth book in the Bible. Deuteronomy 19.15, it says, A single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed only on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses shall a charge be established i have other passages but i'm going to stop there again the title is when i'm sinned against by another believer thank you sister michelle when i'm sinned against by another believer One of the most difficult matters to deal with in the church are offenses. However, the Lord gave the disciples instructions about how to handle a matter or matters when someone sins against them. While there is a world system that addresses legal concerns in a court of law, this is not a court matter that the Lord instructs them to move towards. However, the criteria by which it is to be addressed, carries with it the same type of diligence. As we have noted in past preaching and teaching, there are two world systems, or two systems. There's the church and there is the world, which does not know Christ. There's a code of conduct and a way to handle sins and conflict that arise in the church. Let's not forget where the teaching of this passage began. It began with the disciples arguing over which of them was the greatest. Tempers would naturally flare with this type of discussion. And so they have come to the place where Jesus asked them a question That embarrassed them. What were you discussing on the road? They were embarrassed to even answer Jesus. And the way that it reads is that Jesus kept asking them, what were you discussing? 
they, in their embarrassment, did not want to answer. It highlights that this matter had not been resolved. You know sometimes when we get upset and puffed up, we'll turn in a huff and leave. And so you've got to imagine as they came to town, the matter had not been resolved. Because if so, they could have said, Jesus, this is what we were discussing, but we got it straight. That ain't what they said. They got embarrassed when the conversation of the issue came up. So there was no resolution. But it would have them angry with one another. When refusing to answer Jesus' question about what they had discussed on the road to Capernaum, it became a very important matter of teaching as Jesus prepares to head to the cross. His disciples must not be in an angry state with one another as representing the church. It is incumbent upon the church to resolve their issues. We find that Jesus in the text that we read today has moved from one causing an offense. Recall, remember, what causes offenses against others? He was speaking about that, which if a person was to bring harm against a young child, that it would be better to have a millstone wrapped around that person's neck and dropped into the sea. And when we think about the young that he's speaking about, it's also speaking of that of a, of a person that is a young disciple, young in the Lord, where their faith has been damaged as well as even a child. We find as Jesus has moved from this, he has now come to the place when a person sins against you. What's the course, the course that should be taken? How is a person to handle a sin committed against him or her by another believer? Point number one, first things first. First things first. That would be Matthew eighteen fifteen. Go and show. In the Greek, upage means to depart, to go off. The Lord says that if your brother and or sister sins against you, Upage, go and show them their fault. Jesus gives a threefold approach for a brother or sister where someone has sinned against them. The person that has been sinned against is the one that is instructed to go. Hmm. Please understand that a brother and sister in Christ is one where he or she has come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Going to church don't make you a brother or sister. And being a certain color don't make you a brother or sister. What's up, my brother? Hey, what's up? Hey, I know this is a formal greeting, but that doesn't make you a brother in the, in the church of God. I've been going to church for 10 years. And? You've been going to church for 10 years. But have the Lord, has he done a work on the inside of you that's changed you? Where you have said yes to the will of God and no to yours, if you have, that makes you a brother or a sister. This is who the Lord is speaking to. When a brother or sister, a believer, has sinned against you. I'm going to turn in the passage to show you because some of y'all don't believe me. I'm turning to the book of Acts. 
I'm going to read a couple of passages here. In the book of Acts, I think we have a prime example of a person who was not a brother who became a brother. In Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 5, it reads, Acts chapter 9, you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then you will come to the book of Acts. Acts 9, beginning in verse 1, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, see that way, the way, that means believers, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Jump down to verse number 17. So Ananias, after initially not wanting to go because he wasn't convinced that there had been a change. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul. Brother Saul. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got an example with the worst criminal out beating up the saints, out destroying families who had a light shined on him became a brother in a matter of seconds. The brother or the person that has been sinned against, in Matthew 18, 15, is the, is the one to take the initiative to go to the other believer alone and show him or her the wrong that has been done. It is unfortunate that Christians are expecting those outside of God's kingdom to respond in a way that Christ has called believers to do. It is not the unbelievers, nor the world, to respond in the way that he's given to the church. They are against Christ, and therefore they do not desire to obey him. They, they, they don't want to do what Christ says. It's a sad day when the world, when the church, decides they don't want to do what God says. It is the offended party. The offended party that is first to go, according to Matthew. It is unfortunate that one expects the one who has sinned to come first. The person oftentimes has sinned. If they know it, they oftentimes they ain't coming. I ain't going. Why? There's a matter of pride and anger that they oftentimes don't go. The Bible places the responsibility on the person who has been sinned against. And that's a twist. Well, they know what they've done. They need to come to me first. That's not what the Bible says. He says, you go to them privately. Doesn't mean that a person has a different opinion. Or we just have disagreed. No, when they sinned against you. Don't water it down. Just had a slight disagreement. No, there was sin against you. Committed against you. You go to them and show them what they've done. 
I know sometimes we like to beat around the bush. Deal with the matter. Many offenses in the church will come to a screeching halt if we were to follow the word of God. Many sins, many things will come to a halt if we were to do just what the Lord says. What happens is that the offended party retreats to their isolation corner. Of anger and, and like two boxers, they sit there on opposing sides, getting patched up, only to come to the center of the ring and go to battle again, beating each other up for the next three minutes. Go back to their corners and sit down. If they happen to get to round 15, strike that. If they happen to get to round three, can't get to round 15. Three. If they happen to get there, they are a bloody mess. It is a shame that when we look at this matter here of one deal, dealing with how even the matter of discipline is supposed to happen in the church, it is the responsibility of the, actually say this, it's the responsibility of the church to handle discipline that occurs in the church. The person that's offended oftentimes will not only just retreat, they'll say, I'm packing up my bags and leaving. And then they'll begin to make excuses of how right they are as they try to convince themselves that they were sinned against and they are in the right to be off in a corner sulking. The Bible says the first thing and the onus is on the person who has been sinned against. That you go to the person alone. Don't go get on the phone. Excuse me. Don't go get on the Bluetooth. Push the button. Speak the name of the person that you want to call and tell them what the other person has done to you. That's not, that's not what the Lord says. It's not to go get on Facebook. And tell everybody that don't even know you. What's happened? It is to go to the person. There are some things that I'm just amazed on Facebook that people put out there. They go, oh, 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 ouch. Won't want, don't want my business out there like that. Aren't you embarrassed? Then come to a party with just you and another and can't say anything? Lord, something is wrong. Something is wrong. The matter of taking the initiative of going to a person that has sinned against you is not to beat them up, but it is to be, bring about reconciliation and a right relationship. It is to establish once again a relationship with the person, there's been damage that's occurred, and it is to go to the person so that fellowship can be restored. Yes, you need to tell them how they've offended you, but it is so that fellowship can be restored. If there are only two institutions in this world, the church and the world, we need to make sure that the church gets it right. Because you know what? The world is looking. 
And if they're going to get saved and come from out there in here, we need to make sure that we're doing it according to what the Word of God says. Please stop thinking everybody is perfect in the church. Lord, help us. He brought people outside and brought them in. Told them, come just as you are. And boy, do some people come as they are. The Lord is the one that does the cleaning up. Some of the most difficult things sometimes to handle is a matter and an issue that is painful. I'm embarrassed to even bring this up, but it's something that you've got to deal with. Now, now, if you go to the person alone, the Bible says, if you've done that, man, you've gained your brother or your sister. There was a matter once that happened to me in this church. Not going to say no names. But this individual had heard something that, he had, that was said, and I loved what he did called me. We went out to a place called Denny's. We found a back booth where nobody was. I ordered something to eat. Offered that person, you want anything? No, I'm okay. And we had a conversation. This is what I heard. Someone said something, but I wanted to come to you directly. I said, absolutely not. He said, I didn't think so. He said, that's just between you and me. It goes no further from here. And I said, absolutely, as I'm eating my food. (laughs) And, and, And it never was brought up again. And I'm thinking, and first of all, there's like, who told you this? That's what I want to know. Who said something like that? But that wasn't important. He heard something and came, and so we got a chance to talk and never came up again. And so when we look at this, it was resolved. Now, that was step one. It said, bless the Lord, whatever the person was thinking, it was resolved. We went on. Point number two. When the first approach fails. When the first approach fails. There's a Greek word called paralambano. Paralambano. It occurs 16 times in Matthew. It occurs six more times in the New Testament. It signifies the word to take along. To take along. To take along. Paralambano. To take along. When a person has sinned against you and you have tried the first approach, to restore the relationship, and the person does not repent, the Bible says that one then is to go to phase or step number two. You are to go and take another along, a witness, with you. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 19, 15, that a person is not to be convicted on the testimony of one now, that was also now dealing with a court case. Now, isn't it interesting? I've told you this before. The laws in the land are, are t- taken often from the Bible. The Ten Commandments, we get our moral laws from. When we consider this matter of taking a long, it is not to go grab your bosom buddy and go and say, don't you agree with me? No, it is to take someone who's mature, Someone who can be objective, a person that can go and try 
to hear what's happening and to convince the person that's wrong to repent. The matter deals still with the area, the area, an issue of reconciliation, making the relationship right. In many cases, when a person has been wronged, they will go tell the world, and then the song says, tell the world. <laughs> As you go, tell the world. Now, let me say this. If you go and tell the world first, you're going to have a hard time if you then go to the person, if they've already heard through the grapevine what's happening. Take one or two others with you to go to the person. And the interesting thing here, as the case is laid out, it is the person that has, again, been sent against. Now get this. The person who is to go get the witnesses is the person that's been sinned against. Do you not know the person that has caused the sin has not been asked to do anything in relationship to going or coming? They've just been asked to basically hear and repent. But the person who was doing the action is a person who's been offended. We do it backwards. We want the person to come, and oftentimes they don't even, sometimes they don't know. But sometimes if they sin against you, they know. Many times they, they, may, they may know. Something runs through, run, run through their mind. But you are to go. So the first step, number one, you go to them alone. That doesn't work. Number two, you take witnesses. Why would it be important to take one or two others along when the first approach uh, to resolve the matter is unsuccessful? Number one, I believe it values the importance of one believer who is in sin and the need for there to be repentance and harmony in the body of Christ. That's why I believe it's, it's important. It values the importance of one believer who is in sin and the need for there to be repentance and harmony in the body of Christ. Number two, I believe it, it keeps the matter from being the word of one person against the word of the other. And so you have a witness who is mature, who can go, whose job it is to hear and try to convince the person to repent. So you have witnesses. Matthew is one of the, the gospels that you oftentimes see focusing on the witness. It comes from the Old Testament. We think about it, the witness, the person who can verify. You think about even God. He deals with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Often what Christ did, there were witnesses. As we have noted with Matthew, witnesses in his gospel plays a principal role. The duty of the person offended is important. It requires that that person goes with an attitude of, of trying to help the other person that's done the wrong. It is not to go with your guns blazing, but it is to go with the idea that I want there to be fellowship. It could be very tempting to go and find someone, as I said, just to agree. But when you look at the maturity of the saints, you want to find someone that can go and that you respect, and that even the other person respects. It's important. It's important. Remember, you're not trying to win an argument. You're trying to have a person repent so that fellowship can be restored. Offenses in churches are bound to come. It requires a mindset that looks at the ultimate goal 
a proper fellowship among believers. It is a sad thing and a very dangerous thing for a person to be offended or the one that's offended to leave and go back out there. You see, I'm going to tell you this. Satan is very crafty and very clever. Satan's job is to cause divisions in the church. Everything could be going all so smoothly, and then there's a problem that creeps in. His job is to get in there and cause division. Is to come and sit right between two people, and he sit right in the middle. You know that person don't like you. And whistling over there, you know they're talking about you. And there you are, sitting right between Satan, and he's whispering to both of you. And both of you sitting there angry. Person come walking, there they are. Look back, they just came in. Look at them. Oh, let me let me turn. Don't please don't have them come sit by me. Lord, please. <laughs> oh, we gotta we gotta look at this. It, it, it is a matter that we've got to be careful. Satan is crafty. He wants to cause division in the body, in marriages, in friendship. You got something going on that's good. He's gonna get in there. Gotta stop this. Then you got to say, oh, I see you, Satan. I see you. You a lie. It's like Sister Renee said, Satan is a lie. <laughs> He's a lie. I find it very interesting that today we find in society, and even my agency is called restorative practice, the word restorative justice. The workforce of many of, I should say, um, agencies that focus on serving people and working with people, they go through various stages. In the 90s, collaboration was the big buzzword and the funding that followed. Collaboration had to be involved in a collaboration. Then in the 2000s early, you had to have work that had to have support behind it that showed that this work has Backing to show that it has integrity. So they're looking for work that's founded on the principles of certain principles that everybody could follow. If a person follows this, they should get these results. Now of the stage here, we're in what's called restorative justice. The idea that when a person has been offended, you get the two parties together with the mediator or facilitator to try to bring resolution to the conflict. Oftentimes it's against a person who may be, don't even know each other or could be friends, a person where a crime has been perpetrated against another, and to bring the victim and the perpetrator together. Restorative justice. The Bible talked about this a long time ago. Right here, it's already laid it out. The world seems to be behind the scene when they talk about the Bible. Oh, no, the Bible's current. He's given the answers, and what agencies are trying to do is find solutions that lie squarely in the Word of God. People getting a lot of funding and money for those types of things. I'm just fine saying if you follow God's Word and get right with God, man, you can cover up and deal with a lot of things and have success. Because he lays it out. Doesn't mean it will be easy, but he gives the solution to the problem. I've got to close in like one minute. I, my time is up. I told you, I'm not going to finish today. When the believer has been given the standard in the word of God and chooses to go against the steps that God has given, 
You cannot expect anything but ultimate failure and emptiness as one skirts around what the Lord gives as the solution. If we don't follow God's standard and try to go around it, you cannot expect anything but ultimate failure and emptiness as one skirts around what the Lord has given as the solution. I'm going to stop there. I am convinced that in the first two points that we have covered, that if the church body was to take seriously offenses, and believe me, they're, they're, they, they are coming, they are here, it happens, and even right now, if we were to follow the principles laid out by God, it would cut Satan off at the pass. If we were to say, ah, 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 have you talked to such and such already? Go first. <laughs> now, there's some times when some people need counsel. I'll say this in closing. I got angry one time. There are some times when before we go to a person, we might need to possibly say, this is what I need to go do. And I'm thinking about approaching this way. Well, maybe if you approach it this way, okay, I'm going to do it. Sometimes that might be the step that some need to take. But the idea is to go make it right. Amen. Stand with me, please. You need to think about if there's somebody right now that you feel has sinned against you. Not just in a disagreement, but has sinned against you. The Bible says the offended person is to go to that person and show them their fault with the idea of restoration. We're going to look at next time the third step and what happens. I want you just to think about in your mind the person that you feel has sinned against you. Think of the specific sin that it is. Maybe the thing that you've been avoiding. The word of God says, now what are you going to do about it? Are you going to follow, if you are a believer, the word of God and do it the right way? Or are you going to sit and harbor we pray today as we leave this place, God, that you will help us to ponder the word. That we will evaluate and look closely at our lives, at people that we are holding. People that we have kept at arm's length because of an offense, a sin. Remembering that, Lord, it was to the disciples that you gave this where they were going to be the ones leading the church. Couldn't have them angry with one another as you were departing. And oh, the wisdom of our Savior, our Christ, to spend time giving them what they needed. Raising questions and issues Matters of the heart that they wanted to avoid with you. But Lord, you already knew it and know all of our ways. And so may we take the word of God and allow it to just uh, cover us. Pray that we will be mindful that when we do it your way, Lord, not only our relationships restored, but you are pleased and glorified. Because you honor your word.
Today we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for all those that are here. We thank you for your love and your grace and mercy. Now, as we leave this place, oh, we pray today ah, that we will just love one another and embrace one another with the love of Christ. Give your name all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name.